Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Greatness, but you know on your own and in your own life how God has been great to you. So if he's been great to you, then you ought to thank him because he brought you this far. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. And mighty are the works of your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's praise him. Hallelujah. has never failed me yet. Through all my trials, tribulations, he will deliver the greatest one he's got. Come on, everybody sing it. Great is, great is the Lord, my comforter. He has, he has never failed me yet. Through all my trials, through all my trials, tribulations, he will deliver the greatest Forsaken, the greatest one he's got. Come on, everybody, sing it to you, to God Great today. Is the Lord, my God, he has never, he has never left me yet. In all my days, I've never, days I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Just be good. 
He's just too good to just be good. Come on, let's take it today. He's just too good. He's just too good to just be good. When I look back over my life, He's just too good to just be good. And I think things over. He's just too good to just be good. All I can say is that you are. He's just too good to just be good. Hey, say great is the Lord. Great He's just too good. He's just too good to just be oh, good. Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name. He's just too good to just In be good. In all the earth, how excellent you He's are. He's just too good to just be good. Because you watch over us and protect He's us. He's just too good to just be good. And you're Jehovah Jireh, our He's provider. He's just too good to just be good. More than good to He's me. He's just too good to just be good. Well, come on, say. I'm sorry, that just sticks to me because I've seen so many mighty things that he's done in my life. And I know you've seen them too. So can we just say, mighty are the works of your hands. Mighty are the works of your hands. Mighty are the works of your hands. is our God. Sing with me how great. Come on, sing it. Is our God. And all will sing. And all will sing how great. How Sing it. Is our God sing with me? Sing with me. How great is our God? Yeah. 
Sing it is our God. Sing with me how sing with me how great is our God. Is our God. Oh we'll see how oh, we'll see how great how great how great is our God. Well come on and give our great God some praise in this place. Mighty are the works of your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there's no God like Jehovah. Yes. No God like him. Have you found one yet? I haven't. Can, is, is, can anybody else perform any miracles like he can? No. Can he protect you? Can anybody protect you like he can? Well, come on, let's praise him together. Clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Say, one more time, clap your hands. Oh, 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 Declaring the word of the Lord And these are the days of your servant Moses Righteousness being restored These are the days of the harvest Thank you Jesus The fields are wide in the world And we are the laborers in your Vineyard declaring the word of the Lord. Everybody say, oh, Yes, Lord. He comes riding, riding on the cloud, shining like the sun. Shining like the sun. And the trumpets go. Lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. Out of Zion's Out of Zion's hill. One more time, let's sing it together. Behold, he comes. Behold, he Riding on the cloud. Riding on the cloud. Shining like the sun. know this part so I don't have to instruct you to say that there's no God like Jehovah even if you didn't know the words I know you agree with them because there's no God like him oh I know there's no God like him come on 
There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Well, you sing it. There's no God like Jehovah. Yeah. There's no God like Jehovah. One more time. There's no God like Jehovah. Oh. oh, oh.
And whatever problem you came in with, you came to the right place. Because he's the problem solver. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. No war can stand against him. Because he's the great and mighty God. The word says, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. And who is the king of glory? The Lord mighty in battle. So why you worrying? He already fought the battle and won. When he died on the cross for you and rose again with all power, he already fought the fight and won. No need to worry, because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
and follow the direction of the ushers.
to thank you parents who are escorting their children back. We're a little short staffed in Children's Church today, so uh, good. Let's thank God for all of these wonderful children. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. God has blessed us to see the start of a new week. We are grateful. We're grateful. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know how glad we are that you're here. We would love to see who you are and where you are. If you don't mind standing, visitors. God bless you. God bless you. Mount Calvary, would you make them feel welcome? If there's somebody who's standing close to where you are. Let's sing to them. We welcome you into Mount Calvary. This house of worship. So glad you came. Exalt his name. We're about revealing the glory of God's revealing kingdom. Revealing the glory of God, transforming us. Here's how we're doing it. glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Uh, Grandma Thelma Booker, did, you, had a, you had a birthday this week. Yes, ma'am. You, you just turned 90. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. What a blessing. Y'all keep, huh? Miss Sweetheart had a birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Sweet. Yes, ma'am. Who? Miss Wanda. Wow. All right, January babies. <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Wanda. Brother Woodruff's birthday is tomorrow. Tiffany, Miss Andra. <laughs> God did his showing out in January, I tell you. <laughs> Let me see. Skylar Marsh, where are you, dear lady? There you are. I know. Uh, let's see. Skylar sent her grades to me. You didn't know your mom had already, uh, she was going to make sure I said it. 
Let's see. I see Western Civilization, African American Studies, English 2, and she got A's in all of them. She carries a 4.0 GPA. Nice, Skylar. You're a second year student at Sinclair, is that right? Second year? Yeah, good, nice. Where's your family, Miss Skylar? <laughs> Congrats. Skylar is going to um, South Africa in May. She's going to South Africa in May with Sinclair Study Abroad Program. And uh, you got a scholarship through your school to do it, right? But if you, if you shake her hand and your hand is not empty when you shake it, she won't, you know, she won't mind. All right? Good. We're proud of you, Skylar. Don't stop till you finish. All right. Good. Y'all pray for uh, Brother Dion Sampson. He is preaching in Philadelphia today. Uh, would you keep him in your prayers? Um, Ms. Verletta, did you text me back? Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Got it. Uh, do we still have space? We do still have space left in the Dessert with Pastors uh, next Sunday, the 19th, and the two Sundays after that. If we need to add more, we will. Uh, the point of Dessert with Pastor is for you to come and sit down and talk with me, uh, no more than 20 people at a time. Um, so we can have some real conversation and dialogue about what's planned for the Bobby J. Winston Community Center over across the parking lot. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, um, please sign up after church in the lobby to come and, uh, and sit down with me and, uh, and let's, let's have some dessert and talk. This week, I would that you would uh, keep me in your prayers uh, as I travel down to uh, Arlington, uh, Texas, our National Baptist Board is meeting, and, uh, and our president is being installed. I've been asked to, uh, to be a part of that installation team, and, uh, and I'll be preaching uh, at the National Convention on Wednesday of this week. Uh, if you all would, please keep me in your prayers. I'd appreciate it. Good. I think that may be the shortest pastoral observation that we've had in 15 years. Um, Minister Chris is coming with, uh, to lead us in our altar prayer and then the choir is coming and then we will go back to Matthew chapter 16 that's where we're going to be studying from today who said Pastor Sam? yes ma'am that's what's up Miss Virginia Carlisle <laughs> for those who didn't hear what she said she just celebrated 20 years clean and free. Praise God. Awesome God. Ministers and deacons, you can go ahead and come for corporate prayer. This is our time for corporate prayer. Uh, if you have any request of God and you don't want to stand alone, the ministers and deacons are here to stand with you found one passage of scripture in Philippians 4, 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 
The Message Bible puts it this way. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And if there's something on your heart, there's something you've been dealing with, a burden on your shoulders, and you want somebody to stand with you, the minister deacons are here.
those sitting in your seats, if you'll join me in prayer. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this day we have never seen, and we thank you for involving us in your purpose of the day. God, we thank you for the things that we have gone through, not for our destruction, but for our development, and to shape, make, and made us into the people you have called us to be. God, we give you praise, because we fight with you. The battle's already won. So today, we lift our prayers and our petitions up to you, knowing that you'll do something about them. And because we hand them to you, we know they're already taken care of. God, you know the hearts of your people and the people gathered here today. So God, we ask that you just turn our situations around, not for our glory, but all towards you. Not because of anything we've done, but because you're God and God all by yourself. God, do what only you can. Nothing that our friends can do, nothing that we can say can turn our situations, but because we trust in you, we know that you'll do what only you said you'll do. God, there's people in here praying for healing in their lives, God, and I ask that you give it to them because by your stripes we are healed. Heal our minds, heal our hearts, Lord. We are your people and we trust in only you. And we give you praise because the battle is already won. God, we thank you for today again. Lord, make this day a life-changing event in our lives. Not because you're going to turn things around, but because we're going to hand our problems right over to you. Knowing that you'll do what only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Robbie Love, where are you? Congratulations, ma'am. We've been waiting on you to get back and get done with nursing school Amen. and your practicum and all that kind of stuff. She's done. She passed her state board. She is a full-fledged nurse. I just want to read the second part of the verse. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's enough, you may be seated. Miss <laughs> Deborah, it is so good to see you. Deborah Rob Taylor Robinson is back with us today. She's been out going through a lot, but God is still our healer. He's still our healer. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Last week we started taking a look at the church that Jesus built. We caught a glimpse of the conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. He asked them, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am. 
And they answer him, some say that you're John the Baptist. And some say that you're Elijah. And there are some who say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus turns to them and says, well, who do you say? Who do you say that I am? And wouldn't you know it, impetuous Peter is the one who speaks up. He speaks for everybody. He says, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, son of Jonah, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father had to show you that. He says, I'm calling you Peter, rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church on the revelation of who I am. On the basis of who I am, I will build my church. I will build that which belongs to me. I will build the people that are mine. I'm the architect, I'm the designer, I'm the builder, I'm the construction manager, I'm the keeper, the owner, and the protector of my church. But that's not all he says, and that's where we pick up this week, where we left off last week, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, I got to get ready to catch a plane in a little bit. So I'm just going to preach for uh, a little while from a short subject, We Win. You don't have to look at anybody. Don't hunch anybody. Just look this way and say it with me. We win. We win. Let's dive right into this. There is an implication here that I'm somewhat sorry to have to point out. There is an implication. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to have to tell you this. There is an implication in this text, and it's an implication because of the fact that there is an implied truth here that we would really rather not hear. There is something that is not explicitly spelled out, but it's in the text. There is something that may not be obvious at first glance, or it may be so obvious that we glance over it, but it's here if you check it out in what Jesus says, and the gates of hell. Stop right there. Here is the first implication. That the church that Jesus built has an enemy. I am indeed sorry to have to point it out. But the church of the living God does have an enemy, the gates of hell. That is the power, the strength of hell. In his commentary on this passage, the great theologian Matthew Henry says, the gates of hell are the powers and policies of the devil's kingdom. All that comes out of hell's gates as being hatched and contrived there. Brothers and sisters, believe it or not, the devil is real, and so is hell. And Satan and his kingdom would desire the downfall of the church that Jesus built. 
he would love nothing more than to destroy what the Lord has constructed. Part of the problem, though, is we are looking for him to make himself known with horns, a tail, and a pitchfork. But if the Bible is right, and it is, most times he's disguised. Y'all remember back in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden after God had given Adam instructions as to what to do in the garden, what to eat, and what not to eat. Satan used his subtlety in the form of a serpent and went and talked with Adam's wife Eve. He was so good at what he was doing, so subtle in his disguise that even though she knew what the Lord had said concerning eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he got her to doubt what God had said and she ate and then gave gave the fruit to her husband to eat. And then over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said that Satan likes to masquerade as an angel of light. Oh, we've, we've seen him masquerade as an angel of light. I don't mean to get in anybody's business, but whether you know it or not, we've seen him. We've seen him put on a choir robe, an usher uniform, a pastoral robe. We've seen him wear missionary white on the first Sunday. We've seen him in musician black. We've seen him sit on the deacon role. We've seen him take his place on the instruments. We've seen we watched him show up and show out at church meetings, at state conventions, at family reunions, at weddings, at funerals. We've seen him on judges benches. We've seen him driving police cars. He likes to disguise himself. The Bible says he even goes around like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Yes, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has an enemy. And there are, I believe, two main areas that he works in to try to destroy the church. The first area is the worship of the church. Uh, the worship of the church. That's why I believe we have to fight so hard to keep worship organic and pure. Because you do recognize that the enemy understands the power of true and spiritual worship. He knows it intimately. The Bible says his first job was on the music staff in heaven. Isaiah called him Lucifer, son of the morning. He used to get up early in the morning praising God, worshiping God, and, and you wouldn't believe what his choir robe looked like, Val. You wouldn't believe it. It had sardis and topaz and diamonds and beryl and onyx and jasper and sapphire and turquoise and emeralds with gold. Ezekiel said he had a, a set of pipes that you wouldn't believe. All he had to do apparently was just open his mouth and worship flowed. It was all in him, perfectly intonated, harmoniously orchestrated, beautifully consummated worship. But it all came to an end when he got beside himself and considered himself worthy to sit on God's throne and got himself kicked out 
of heaven. And now, according to what Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, now the Father is seeking, looking for real worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, since the Father is looking for worshipers on earth, the devil, who was the chief worshiper in heaven, is hell-bent, forgive my expression, on trying to keep our worship from being truthful and spiritual. How does he do that? By keeping us focused on the problem rather than the God who is the answer to all our problems. He does it by trying to keep us looking at the situation rather than keeping our eyes on the Savior. He, he tries to keep us focused on the dilemma rather than the deliverer. He tries to keep us worried about our mess rather than worshiping our miracle worker. But I do believe there are some true worshipers in this sanctuary right now who will say, I will not be distracted by my circumstance. I will not be deterred by what I see. I will not sit down. I will not shut up. I will not look back. I will not turn back. Here I am presenting my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. It's just my true and proper worship. As a matter of fact, Lord, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my king because you are altogether lovely. You're altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. The enemy will not stop my worship. The other area that I believe the gates of hell tries to resist is the truth of the word of God. The devil's been trying to mess with the word of God since the beginning when he came to Eve and tried to get her to doubt the word of God. Then over in Luke chapter 4, he tries to use the same type of strategy with Jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness. Y'all remember after, after Satan uh, challenged Jesus' identity, telling him, if you are really the son of God, change this stone to bread. Y'all remember that? And then trying to get Jesus to worship him. After that, he started trying to use the word of, the word of God to defeat uh, Jesus, the son of God. He said, jump off this high place, Jesus. You know the Lord will give his angels charge over you. They won't let you die. And Jesus used the word of God all three times to resist the devil. Wouldn't you know it? The enemy of the church is still using the same tactics on us, trying to convince us of lies so that we won't live in the truth of the word. I've been saying it for 15 years. The only power that the devil has is the power of the lie. When Jesus got up from the grave, the Bible says he got up with all power in his hands. And if he got up with all power, then that leaves none for the enemy. The only thing the enemy has left to work with is the lie. It makes sense. That's why the Bible calls him the father of lies. So he uses the weapon of the lie 
to try to defeat the church of the living God. Let me see if I can help you to understand what I'm talking about. I'm almost done here. Uh, he, he tells you that you're nothing, that you are nobody. When God says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, the devil tells you uh, and tries to make you believe that you are a mistake and that you are ultimately messed up when the Bible says in Psalm 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The, the enemy wants you to believe that you're always going to be sick when the word of God says by his stripes we were healed. The devil wants to make you think that he can take your life when the word of God says he always already wrote your days in a book Satan tries to make you think that your children will never be delivered when the word of God says the seed of the righteous shall be delivered the devil wants you to believe that you'll always be broke and begging when the word of God says I'll make you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath the lender and not the borrower the devil wants you to believe that you'll just be depressed until you die when the word of God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Satan wants you to believe that what you're going through right now is going to kill you. But the word of God says when you go through the water, you won't drown. When you go through the fire, you won't be burned. Don't believe the lie. Really, I guess this is a good place to get on to my second point and we get on out of here. Not only is there an implication in this text, that is that we have an enemy, but there is also some inspiration in this text. Here is what it says, three little words, shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail, won't win, won't be able to withstand what you're giving it. Uh, the attack may be launched, but it won't prevail. The powers and policies of hell may be resistant, y'all hear me, may be resistant to the will of God but it will not prevail against the will of God the enemy may threaten death but it won't prevail the evil one may try to take us out but it won't prevail the evil one may launch all kind of demonic attack on the church of the living God but the inspiration, the good news that keeps us moving is that it will not win. The prophet Isaiah said it like this, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you will condemn. I, I let, let me, now listen, I got to go. Would you help me, please? I don't want to bother you. I'll let you slip by on the first one. 
but I do want you to find somebody and look at them in the eye just this one time and tell them no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment you will condemn somebody clap your hands and tell God thank you the church of God will prevail the church that Jesus built is victorious let me close we we may be troubled on every side but we are not distressed we may be perplexed but we are not in despair we may be persecuted but we'll never be forsaken we may be cast down but we are not destroyed the church of the living God that Jesus built shall prevail and guess what I've got good news for you if you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost you are a part of the church that Jesus built and the good news is as part of his church you will not be defeated you shall prevail because Jesus went to Calvary they nailed his hands they riveted his feet they put a crown of thorns on his head he hung on the cross the Bible says he died for you and me he died for my sins and yours he died but when he died while the body was resting in sleep Jesus went down into the deep recesses of hell and banged on hell's iron gates and said lift up your heads O ye gates and the king of glory shall come in the demons who were on the night watch peered out of the gate and said who is this king of glory and Jesus answered and said the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle lift up your heads Jesus walked in busted up hell's Friday night party took the keys to death hell and the grave and according to Peter he went back into the period before the flood and preached to the spirits who were in prison he held a three-day revival and while the revival was going on time kept moving and he knew in his spirit it was the third day and he said I got to go I've got an appointment to keep the devil tried to stop him the demons tried to catch him but the Bible says he made a show of them openly and early on Sunday morning he got up took his grave clothes walked out of the borrowed tomb and declared all power is in my hands thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ 
You may have tribulation, but guess what? We win. You may be in distress, but guess what? We win. We may be persecuted, but guess what? We win. In the midst of famine, in the midst of nakedness, in the midst of peril, even by the sword, we still... Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm sorry, I told you a fib. I said I wouldn't ask you no more, but would you find one more person and tell them we are more than a conqueror through him. can shout now because we win. I can hold my head up because we win. I believe I can go on a little further because we win. I can give him the praise because we win. I can worship him because we win. Don't wait till the battle is over.
doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended to you today. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please come and become a part of God's church. Amen? The gates of hell shall not prevail. You're here today. Today is your day to come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you're here, we invite you at this time to come. Don't let this time pass you by. Our second call is for anyone that's here. You've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're already saved. But God is calling you to the Mount Calvary Church family. So if you're here today, come. Hear the voice of the Lord and be obedient and come. We need you. You need us. Amen. So we have anybody here today? I don't want to rush this because this is very important. I don't want anyone to miss out on the chance to come and join the Mount Calvary family and be a part of God's church. Amen. So if you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. At this time, will we stand for the benediction? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, and what our hearts have felt today, God. Father God, we thank you for your word that came forth with authority and dominion and power, God. We thank you for Pastor God. Thank you for using him, God, to speak your word, God, to encourage God, to just lift up, bow down heads and heavy hearts, God. Oh, Father God, we thank you, God, that we have hope, God. All we have to do is trust you, God, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, God. And right now, God, we just thank you for everything, God, that we are more than conquerors through you, God. And Father God, right now, I ask that you would cover each person as we leave this place and go throughout our week, God. Just continue to protect us, God. Provide for us, God. Oh, Father God, just order our steps, God, that we may be a light in this community for you, God. That we may be the light in darkness for someone, God. That we're able to speak a word of encouragement, God. A word of love, God. A word of peace, God. Comfort, God, to those that need you, God. Father God, just equip us, God, for the assignments that you have for us, God. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy. To the only wise God and Savior, be glory, be power, dominion forever. Amen.